0: up here for me, three chopper chops, like me that loves Christmas lights but can't stand them being uneven, I'm just going to fix this for you so you can cope through the whole thing, there you go, like doesn't that just make you have a sigh of relief, oh look at that, it's even and beautiful, all right, um, I won't look any further. All right, um, we are, it's not a series, we're doing a just a one-off sermon uh, this week, and I'm excited about it because it's something that I enjoy getting every year. For the last series, we had a look at how we could make Christ the center of our, of our world, of our life making him the main character. So the last few weeks, we looked at that. And last week, I have to be really honest, um, I went into the conference office this week for my internship progression interview. And they started out by saying, "'What's one of your highlights?' Of, of this year, Sarah, of being the pastor at Fresh. And I said, well, one of you wouldn't have gotten to see it because you're down here, but I'm up here. And when you all had your card, your tag, and I said to you, you get the choice to decide at this moment on the 18th, was it, of November, 2023, whether you choose to put God at the centre of your life or not, To draw a line in the sand and say yes or no and from here the music was playing and I get to look out and see you industriously writing on your card and that's amazing and then we talked about what like what can happen in a church or in a family or in a mass the center that is really exciting and someone must have cleaned up in this room after that service. And so there was a few tags that ended up on my desk. So FYI, anything you leave in here today, it'll be on my desk. tomorrow. So if you're looking for it, um, come and find it. It'll be on my desk on Monday. But I found this someone's card. And... It was so beautifully written, the commitment prayer that you copied down that i 've actually taken it home and i 've hung it up in my house as a reminder of what happened here last week. I just loved it. It was such a highlight for me. If you weren 't here last week, you can jump onto our Facebook page and you know read listen to it. Don't go through it and note how many times I said um or, you know, long pauses. You don't need to do that. Oh, I really wanted to say um right then. Okay. (laughs) But once we have made a decision to follow God, once we've made a decision to allow God to be our main character, it shifts our focus. It shifts the way we think about things. But more often than not, it doesn't necessarily change what we face. Our focus, our perspective might be changed, but what we face might stay the same. It doesn't mean that when we say yes to Christ being the main character in our lives, that all of a sudden, like when you walk out of a room, like rainbows just start coming out and like daisies just pop up wherever you walk. That's not necessarily the case and today we want to have a look a moment in time with the Israelites where we can focus on some strategies what do we do when it seems like we are following God but we're in the face of something impossible we're in the face of something that we thought would never be written into our story how do we deal with that? Now, last week, uh, I introduced to you, this is our theme for today, Wrapped 2023, but I introduced to you last week, I said one of my favourite things about the early church was that it was participatory that you didn't just come along and consume. Like when you were there, you're praying, you're meeting, you're being involved. So I introduced this prayer to you last week. Thank you. And it was um, someone from the audience said it for us. So I'm going to ask for another brave soul today who would be willing to participate in our service this morning. You don't have to stand or anything. Just big breath, big voice, we'll bow our heads and you can pray this prayer for us. Is there anybody willing to do that for us this morning? Amazing. Thank you. Grace, you're a legend. God, as we open your word today, please open our hearts in preparation. May what we learn sink in, stir us to action and inspire us to share. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, Grace. So sink in what we learn to, to share with others. So Neil has mentioned to me a few times that he thinks I may just ever so slightly have hoarding tendencies. But I strongly oppose that idea because it definitely wouldn't be hoarding if it's only shoes and handbags, Right? If, if it's, or, you know, a collection of things like old ice cream containers that are never going to be used again but are sitting right next to the great Tupperware, um, that would be po- quite possibly leaning on hoarding, but definitely not if it's handbags and shoes, surely. But as I was thinking about, there is one thing that I did collect and keep quite a while, and even when they were no longer in service to me, I was very, very reluctant to get rid of them. Now, some of you will be mature enough to remember the experience, the feeling, the joy and excitement when you owned for the first time a car that had a CD player. It was amazing. You know, you didn't have to listen to the radio anymore. You didn't have to eject the tape and like turn it over and then you put it back and you're like, oh, I turned it the wrong way. Like, it was so, so very exciting. And so then, once you have that, then your collection of CDs grows, right? It's like a really easy Christmas present. Like, what would you like for Christmas, Mum? Adele's new CD. You know, you go to big camp, someone gives you a CD, or you go somewhere else. Like, your collection of CD grows. And even when, like, digital music became such a part of my life, I really was just like, like, are we really going to throw these away? Like, away, away? Because what if, like, at some point, the university collapses or something happens, then I'm going to have no music. What is going to happen? What do I do? So that box of CDs was uh, kept by me for a really long time. And then we became a Spotify family. I don't know how we convinced Neil, because he doesn't easily part with finances, but we convinced Neil that we needed to have a Spotify, uh, you know, kind of premium family thing. And I was just like, this is way better than CDs, but maybe I'll just keep them still for a couple of years. Like, new technology could be risky. But um, I eventually got rid of them, and they went to the second-hand store. And then what I discovered was something that I really, really liked. And for many of you sitting here today, you'll know that your Spotify Wrapped is going to be coming potentially next week or the week after, depending what happens. Now, if you are not familiar with Spotify, and maybe you were thinking just then, which Second-hand store, did you take your CDs to? Because I would really like your CDs because I love still listening to CDs. Spotify is a music streaming platform where basically any music that you want, you pay for a subscription and you can listen to that music and enjoy it without the change. You make your own playlists. Lots of different things without having the physical CD. Now, at the end of the year, Spotify does a Spotify wrapped. Now, what is Spotify wrapped? I'm going to give you exactly what they say it is. And maybe I have even written it there. It is a personalized roundup of your listening habits curated using data gathered from your Spotify use over the past year. It also includes a curated playlist of the most played songs as well as infographics designed to be shared on social media. It's cool, and you'll, you know, if it's something that you wait for, you'll know that all of a sudden, everyone will get theirs, Spotify will drop them at a certain time, and then it's like everybody's accounts has their little kind of wrap-up of the year on them. There's something else that they say. Um, This was the advertisement for Spotify Wraps 2023, and Ethan just... Made me just reminded or remarked to me that there's kind of like a personal dedication little bit in this to Jared Breyer. It says, It's the most wonderful time of the year, and yes, we're talking about 2023 Spotify wrapped season. For Spotify premium subscribers or curious Apple music users watching all the fun from afar, Spotify Rap, that was for you, Jared, offers a deep dive into the listening habits, music discoveries from the past year, and a playlist of the 100 most played songs to paying subscribers. But I want to ask you today, what if instead of taking a deep dive into your listening habits of 2023 we dived in to your spiritual habits of 2023. What would it look like if instead of a Spotify route, you got a spiritual route? It would look something like this. A personalized roundup of your spiritual habits curated using data gathered from your Bible and Bible app use over the past year. It also includes a curated playlist of most read passages as well as infographics designed to be shared on social media. What if we got one of those? And today we're going to have a look at the story of Joshua as he leads the Israelites into the promised land for the first time. And we're going to acknowledge that they are facing something that is looming large. They are following Christ, they are following what God has asked them to go, where he said he would lead them, his designated leader. What they're facing hasn't changed. There's still some obstacles to happen in the way. What can we learn from them and how can we use it to enhance our own spirituality and help us face the unknown, the uncertain, or the impossible? Now to really feel this story to really understand the impact or what it must have felt like to be there in this moment we have to talk numbers. Now so many times in my sermon I go numbers aren't my gig. So I will excuse you right now if you go she's talking about numbers can I believe what she says? You can because it's not the numbers aren't from me. They're from the Bible. So to really get a feel we're going to have a look at numbers. So if you have your Bible with us today this is before we get into our our story of Joshua and if you need a Bible you're here and you don't have one raise your hand and Neil will run over to the connect desk and we will give you a Bible if you need a pen to write in it we've got that for you so if you need anything just make eye contact with Neil and and we will get one to you. So we're going to go to Numbers chapter 1 and we're going to start at verse 1 and go to verse 3. So the Lord spoke to Moses in the tent. So this is, we're not at Joshua yet. This is after we've come out of Egypt. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the second month of the second year after the Israelites came out of Egypt. He said, take a census of the whole Israelite community by their clans and families, listing every man by name, one by one. You and Aaron are to count according to their divisions all of the men in Israel who are 20 years old or more and able to serve in the army. So they've got to go on a count. And then when we jump down, you'll see there's lots of passages that give the little individual tally like the totals before we get to the final count which we find in verse 46 and it says the total number was 603,550. Now raise your hand, I saw some people stand this morning but I was at the front so I didn't see it at all, raise your hand if you went to South Queensland big camp this year or North New South Wales or our big camp Keep your hand raised while you were in a line at the pie shop or maybe at the cafeteria. You went, man, there's a lot of people here. Yeah? It's weird. Like, I was, uh, I think it was like at a a supermarket. while Kemp was on down here at Dacobin and they're like, man, there's a lot of people up there, isn't there? It's like a whole town. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, Yeah. I'm there. Uh, so it's huge. So in our concept of what we see big numbers, Big Camp is big numbers. I think maybe on a Saturday we might have 6,000, around about 6,000 at, at Big Camp. So, you know, a lot more. Than that. But wait, that's not them all yet. The Bible tells us that there's some more people that are not to be included in the count, but they are also present. So, verse 47 says The ancestral tribe of the Levites, however, was not counted along with the others. The Lord had said to Moses, You must not count the tribe of Levi or include them in the census of the other Israelites. And then we go to Numbers 3, 39. It says, The total number of Levites counted at the Lord's commands by Moses and Aaron, according to their clans, including every male a month old or more, was 22,000. So, like, we're getting to a big number. I wanted to show you, and it has no sound, so we'll just let it scroll. I wanted to show you, this is what a million dots look like. So if you were to pretend that every one of those dots was a person, this is what a million dots look like. Now, there are some scholars that look at these numbers and they confer and think that, well, you know what? A rough estimate when we count the, the women, the children, the elderly, there was potentially two million People. This is only going to a million. And then there are other scholars that say, well, hang on. In the translation coming down, like counting one person, were we meaning that one person or were we meaning one group of people? But no matter whether it was two million or potentially just 500,000 Israelites, it's a big number. It could be double that or potentially half of what you're seeing, but it's a big number of people. So as we move through this story, I want you to recognise it's not just our big camp. It's big camp on steroids. It's like over and over and over the times of what is in big camp. So it's still counting. Other scholars... Believe that how can we really know exactly what was there? If there was going to be vast, vast numbers of people at this time, wouldn't there be evidence? Wouldn't we see it? And so there is lots, there's lots of kind of just different ideas as to what happens, but the thing doesn't change is that to lead 5,000 people, 500,000, potentially, into a harsh and barren wilderness and attempt to keep them all happy and fed and watered was an enormous task to keep them protected from the elements. And it's no wonder that in numbers 11,14, we hear Moses fall well, alone because it is too heavy for me. It's a big task. It's a big journey that we're on. I, you know, would like to clarify that I have four sons and, you know, there's been times when Numbers 11, 14 uh, potentially has been expressed from my mouth. I'm not able to bear these four alone because it's too heavy for me. All right, it's been 40, uh, year, around 40 years. So track over to Joshua, and we're going to go to chapter 3. So if you've got your Bible, head on over to Joshua. And we're going to go to chapter 3. Is it still counting, or did it start again? It's still counting. Wow, it's big. In fact, I think it actually takes 4 minutes and 30 seconds for there to be enough So it's been 40 years, we're going to uh, Joshua chapter 3, roughly 40 years since they left Egypt and where we meet the Israelite group today with Joshua in chapter 3. Moses on the edge of the promised land has passed away and the, the leadership role has been handed on to Joshua. The Bible says that they had camped at a place called Shittim and for about 2 months they were in that place and this would be their first movement their first march under Joshua as verse 1 Oh actually sorry before that like before this the two spies you remember the story of the two spies and Rahab where they went in, she hid them, and I love what these spies come back, the phrase that they say. So they come back, they run to their general Joshua, and their hearts are bursting with joy, and they're really excited. And this is back in Joshua 2:24. They say, The Lord has handed over the entire land to us. Everyone who lives in that land is panicking because of us. Like Let's get this done. And this was the news that Joshua had been waiting for. Immediately after this time, he dispatched runners that went into the Israelite camp and told them to pack up all their gatherings, everything that was belonging to them, because they were going to be on the move. They weren't moving in today, but they were moving not too far, just onto the edge of the Jordan River. And then verses 1 to 3 in Joshua records the event where Joshua gets up early in the morning and they went as far as the Jordan and they stayed there around about three days before they crossed over. The journey wasn't long and it perhaps even may have finished before the day had closed. But I'm sure there was a huge buzz that went through the crowd going, hey, we are almost there. We have been walking. We have been working towards this for a really long time. And we're going to read the scripture in a minute. But we we see here that they come to the edge of something that has been promised to them, something so exciting. And yes, they're traveling with God. Yes, they're following his lead. But what they are about to face hasn't changed at this point in time. So they have to get their heads around what they're looking at. And what they're looking at is harvest time and a flooded... Jordan River. Now, if the river wasn't flooded, you would assume that probably surrounding uh, companies, armies would have been there ready to defend. But there was kind of no real expectation that they would come at this time, because why would you come when the river was in flood? You can't get across. You can't get your people across. And I imagine that as those three days passed, there might have been a few people in there that just went, river, are we going to wait here? I'm sick of waiting. I've waited this long, whatever. I'm running out of food. I really need new deodorant. I hope there's some in there. We need to hurry up. I'm sick of being in this tent with you. You smell. All these things, like so many people, there's all these conversations. And the Bible says they spent the next three days there and the passing torrent Was watched by them. And I wonder if some people, that torrent, as it passed by, eroded some of their confidence or increased some of their nervousness. How do we do this? Like maybe we could cross if we were all strong men in the army, but like how am I going to get my grandfather across that swollen river? Well, I've just had a baby. Yeah, well, you've got one baby. I've got twins. Like how are we going to get across? There could be definitely a sense of this. How do we face what's in front of us? And Joshua 3 goes on to tell us something that is echoed throughout the whole of Scripture, that what seems impossible With men is possible with God. God was about to reveal the steps that must be taken in every life if we are to move from grounded still to grateful, or moved from marooned in the past to marveling in God's future that He has set out for us. These steps to our spiritual habits. Could we look back at the end of next year and go, oh, yeah, I've added some of those kind of strategies into my raft, my spiritual raft, and it's made a difference. Here we go. Let's read through all the passages together. So this is the first spiritual Decision, spiritual strategy, it's the first step that they took. So they follow the movements of God. When they are faced with something that is bigger than themselves, this company of people were told to follow the movements of God. And when you turn to Joshua 3 and we read verses 2 to 4, it tells us that they are following a very specific thing. At the time. So let's read. So early in the morning, Joshua, chapter 3, verse 1, and all the Israelites set out and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders of the people. These are the orders When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out. From your positions and follow it. When you see the ark move, previously the ark had traveled within the company and ahead of them was the pillar that they were to follow, but that wasn't there. And today it was going to change what they needed to follow, and it was to follow the very presence of God that was going to move from within the company towards the front. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark. Do not go near it. So they are told to follow the direction. That God has set out for them. In the ark, for some of you, you may not know what goes into the ark, and look at the box, that's worth following anyway. But what's inside it was the two tablets um, of stone that the Ten Commandments were written on. There is a bowl of manna, and down the bottom, like clearly, just you know, FY in case you're wondering, this isn't the actual picture just clarifying, a representation. And there was the staff that was of dead wood that had blossomed. All of these things combined were to show a relationship with God, a relationship where God had looked after his people, had walked alongside of his people, had provided for his people, could do miraculous, amazing things, met past. This ark was the kind of Old Testament representation of God with us. This was God with them. In fact, the top was the mercy seat where God resided, where he was in their physical presence. It was a big deal. And they were asked to follow it. It was a monument to God's faithfulness. To these people. And then the second thing that they were asked to do so follow the movements of God. And instead of, it actually describes how far back you need to be from the ark. And part of that was if you're super, super close and you're all crowding round the ark. How can you actually see? So if we all just stay back a little bit, then we can all see and we can all focus on where we need to go. The next thing in verse five, the Israelites are told to consecrate themselves. It says, Joshua told the people, consecrate yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So consecrate yourself. The Hebrew word for consecrate means to prepare, to dedicate, to be hallowed, to be holy, to separate or to set apart. God was telling his people that they were going to cross an uncrossable thing and that they had to follow him. But he wanted them to be holy he wanted them to set themselves apart, to make things right. Two ways that this consecration can happen is when someone personally repents of everything that they know. What barriers do I have between you and me, God? Let's just sort that out. They washed their clothes. They got ready for this. And then another way is preparing yourself to have an element of expectation That you are going to see God at work. I'm going to get right with God and I'm ready to see him at work. And the moment of truth had come. The priests were carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they were to step out into the water. The third one is to step out. And the priests were asked to step out and to stand still. It says here, Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel, so they may know that I am with you, as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, "Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know what the live, that the living God is among you, and that He will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites." Gergashites. if you're looking for baby names, take note, Amorites and Jebusites. See the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. All of the earth will go into Jordan and ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carried the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the, the flooded Jordan, its waters flowing downstream, Will be cut off, and the water will stand in a heap. The water will be cut off, and it will stand in a heap. God gave them some instructions. He said, "Look, we want this to go well. You're facing something that seems impossible for you. There's a couple of things. Do you know what? Can you look for me when I'm moving?" Don't just choose your own path. I'm going to make a pathway for you. Keep watching me. Keep watching where I'm going. And you know what? Have a look at yourself. Is there anything? Is there anything in the way of us doing this journey together? Is there anything that's holding you back, that's stopping you moving in this direction? And it doesn't matter how well you prepare to cross something It will not happen unless you take a step out into what may seem difficult or impossible. Focusing on the Lord is essential and consecrating yourself to the Lord is vital. But we will never cross the river unless we take that first step of faith. Our eyes and our hearts can be right on But if you don't move your feet to meet the challenges that are in front of you, you'll never progress in what God wants you to progress in. We commit ourselves, our time, our energy, our money, our lives. We make God the main focus, the main character, the center. And that is when amazing things will happen. When you think back over this year, over your spiritual habits, do you honestly assess? Do you honestly see some of these three and followed the movement of God? For some of you, you may have looked and followed the movement of your friends instead of the movement of God. For some of you, you may have looked and followed the movement of your Financial situation and God really hasn't played a part of it. Some of us has just been so overwhelmed that we've really not followed any, we've not moved anywhere. But for some of you, have you seen this in your spiritual habits, spiritual strategies this year? Have you consecrated yourself? Have you taken the time to go, you know what, God, is there anything in me that offends you? Is there anything in the way of us moving together? Because if there's anything I can do, then show it to me. Let me see it and let me change it. And then you have to step out. Have this year, have you stepped out in faith? Have you taken a leap and God, oh, I don't know, it might not necessarily seem the most obvious choice, but I feel like you're moving me that way, God, and you've stepped in to that space. For some of you, the answers are yes. I can see those steps in my spiritual journey. For some of you, it's absolutely no. I don't see that. In fact, I've never even thought of that. And do you know what? Great news, because there was no like dateline where you had to have it done by. These are just some strategies that God says, let's draw close to each other. You come to me. I want to come to you. Let's be together together. Some of you will go, that's not really a challenge for me because I've done all those things. So if that's you, then I want this next challenge to be the challenge that you focus on. Now, here's the cool feature about Spotify Wrapped. Let me show you. Oh, clearly my face is not identifiable. My last year's Spotify Wrapped on my phone, all right? So this is my uh, top... 100 songs from last year presents the songs that you love the most this year. There's seven hours and 14 minutes of songs on this. Now, here's the cool thing. If I just go here, I can hit There's three little dots in a row. I can press that three little dots and it says some options. Remove from your library, remove your download. I could start a jam. I've never done that before. Maybe until a little option that says share. And I press that share button and it brings up for me a whole heap of options to share my rap, to share my musical journey, to share what li- I listened to, what impacted me over this year. So, look, I'll just ask the question because someone might be dying. Is there anyone in here that would like me to share my 2022 top songs playlist? Anyone want it? Any, like, Sharon? Sure. How would you like that? Well done, Sharon. Thank you. Would you like it in Messenger? I'll give it to you in Messenger. Hang on. Let's hear Sharon's beep unless she's got it on silent like a wonderful person. All right. Anyone else? Anyone want to be airdropped my Spotify playlist? Like, Do you not think that I have great, you know, talent? Yeah, okay. All right. Hang on. Yep. Yeah. Radio. There you go. Belinda Kent, you're on here. You're getting it anyway. (laughs) Anyone else? Kim Nusky, Matt Doyle, enjoy the next seven hours of your life. Amy, yes, hello. Nikki, you probably spend a lot of this time with me. Jack, you people, I'm waiting for all the thank you notes that are going to be coming into my office over the next few things. But here's the thing about the coolness of being able to share that. The cool feature, it's... The thing that makes it so cool, spiritual strategies are not just designed for you. What you do with your God during the year, the journey that you take with Jesus is not just for your benefit. It is something that we are asked, implored, challenged to share with someone else. Your journey, your individual journey, when you face difficult times and God gives you strategies to walk through it or to help you deal with it, it's not just an isolated thing. He says, share my goodness. And that's what I want to challenge you with today. Think about what would you like 2024's spiritual rap to look like for you? And I want to add to the challenge of who have I shared that with? If I'm someone who's had just this lifelong history of being faithful in their dedication, devotion to spending time with God, but yet they've never looked for an opportunity to have a conversation with someone else about it, You've missed an opportunity. Look for them. Open your eyes. We live in a world where people need to hear that there is hope, that there is encouragement, that there is grace, that there's goodness amongst darkness, and you are the very people to do that for your God. So how are you going to share it? I want to share with you, you know, what could be Israel's Spotify-wrapped So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 114. These are the things that they have become aware of. These are the things that they have focused on. This is the summary of what they believe. When Israel came out of Egypt... Psalm 114, verse 1. When Israel came out of Egypt, Israel became God's sanctuary. Israel, his dominion. The sea looked and fled. The Jordan turned back. The mountains leaped like rams. The hills like lambs. Jordan, Jordan River. Why did you back up? Why mountains did you leap like rams? You hills like lambs. Tremble, earth at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob who turned the rock into a pool, the hard rock into springs of water. It's a tale of triumph, of God leading his people through hard and difficult times. And it's not just a one-off. It's a story that you've been invited to participate in. And the challenge is to have a look at how you are participating within that story. Make it a priority to look into, connect with your God. And then please challenge yourself to share it with someone else. It's easy for me to share you my playlist. But we've learned today that nothing is impossible. So even if you sit here thinking, I can't share... Your God says you can and you will. I'll be with you and I'll be beside you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the stories in your Bible that show us that you are faithful. And Lord, when we put you in the center, we we sometimes just wish that what we face changes and it was all roses and daisies and nice smelling things in abundance, but it isn't always So God, help us to concentrate on maintaining our spiritual connection with you and help us to be inspired enough to realize that our connection needs to know how awesome you are. Open our eyes to see you at work. May we follow your lead, God. May we be humble and willing enough to to look inside to address any issues in our life that may become a barrier between you and us. And may we just step out in faith knowing that you are a God of the impossible. And may our congregation, may our community, our town, our city, our world be better because the people in this room are willing to share how wonderful you are. We love you, God, and we cannot wait for that day when we get to see you face to face. Lord, reveal to us anything that we may do that will bring that day closer. We love you. In your name, amen.